a contractor deals with more seasonality in a year um, than than any recession we've ever had, right? right? Yeah. And and even this contraction that we're we're looking at, guys can adjust. They can handle it. Um, they just got to get out there and, and take business away from their competitors who are scared and who are yeah. turning turtle and who are disappearing from the marketplace. Step into the trademark. Your go-to podcast for everything marketing in the trades. Hosted by award-winning industry marketing experts, Sarah Gerardo from Remarketable and Eric Thomas from Rival Digital. Together, we're here to unite the worlds of trades and marketing, bringing you insights, stories, and strategies from the heart of the industry. Whether you're a trade professional, a marketing expert, or somewhere in between, this is the place for you. Listen in as we're here for the big ideas, the game changers, and the everyday successes. Because at The Trademark, we're with the trades and for the trades. All right, welcome back to The Trademark, everyone. My name is Eric Thomas. Alongside me, my fellow host, Sarah. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. And today we are joined by a legend of the trades. Of the trades. Matt Michelle. Matt, how are you doing? I don't know about a legend, but I'm doing great. That's great. I think you are a legend. Uh, we interviewed you a, a while ago on the podcast, and uh, at that time you were still the president of, of Service Nation. Just yes. real quick, just t tell me a little bit about you know retirement. How's that going for you? Well, to, to, to adjust, I um, scheduled a hunting or a fishing trip every month. And, and not, you know, not necessarily minor trips. I mean, I, like I hunted in Africa and oh, wow. Argentina and fished in Trinidad. And, um, wow. and, and one of my best friends told me, this is not going to keep you happy. You got too big of a motor. Yeah. And, and he's kind of right. I think I'm, I'm, I've never been fired from a job in my life going back to age 15. Yeah. Uh, I've never failed at any, any job, but I might fail at retirement. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like you're staying busy. I love keeping up with you on Facebook and um, and seeing all your, your fishing and stuff that you're doing. I'm, I'm definitely jealous, but um, definitely what I want to what I want to chat about uh, today is I speaking of Facebook. I saw you made a post the other night because um, I guess someone had you know requested for you to just weigh in on the current state of the economy, the the industry, kind of everything going on. And I know that's what you're speaking about today at the uh, AHR Expo. So I guess if you don't mind, just just kind of provide a little bit, you know, kind of the, the key points that you're, you're planning on talking about, you know, with, in regards to the industry? Well, there, there's, um, so last year we had really good weather. I mean, we had, we had a nice hot summer, and yet, and yet um, air conditioning shipments, according to AHRI, were, were down through November, I think, 16%. Heat pumps were down 15%. Gas furnaces were down 25 26%. So if we had a hot summer and we had all the shipments, you know, numbers way down, what gives? We're seeing a contraction in the industry. Well, it's a structural contraction and it's based on history. So this is really not hard to project. You can go back 15 years and you can look at what happened to the shipment history and, and just project that forward and make adjustments for um, how we did the year before, what the economy's doing, things like that. So if we go back to 2005, 
um, that that had been the record year in the history of the industry until 2020 came along. And 2020, despite COVID, was the record year. There was still a lot of deferred replacements from 2020. They got pushed into 2021 and, and some into 2022. But in 2022, we started to see what we call the shipment cliff. And the shipment cliff occurred from 2005 to 2009 and 10 when the industry contracted 40%. And you can't replace what wasn't installed, right? So it's, it's real simple. We've got a 40% contraction for the replacement market that we're staring in the face of. And, and there's no getting around it. It's going to happen. Um, the, the question is, okay, what do you do about it? And, and, and there's um, a lot of things that contractors can do. Um, they've got to be aggressive. They can't. They can't get scared. They can't turn turtle. They can't, you know, close up in their shell. And and you know, they're they're not going to save their way to prosperity. They yeah. need to invest in marketing. They need to invest in advertising. They need to be aggressive. And they can take sheer away from all the the other guys that are out there. Yeah. Um. So so that's, you know, in in just a, like a thirty second overview. That's what's going on. Uh, we also have factors that are affecting it because of the the play of private equity. Uh, that's occurred over the last couple of years and they're skewing the market a little bit um, because they were caught off guard by the shipment cliff and and they were looking at especially in 21 and and the first part of 22 we had all these price increases from supply chain issues and then from from sear 2 and contractors just built them into their pricing Uh, so they were doing in some cases fewer jobs but they were doing it with that that meant with getting more revenue uh, with less labor, yes. right? So, so fewer jobs, less labor, more total revenue, record profits. Hey, this is a wonderful industry. Private equity loved us. Yeah. So they, they rushed in, and now they're facing a situation to where they know changeouts are what drives it, and they're, and they're putting all kinds of pressure on, on their acquisitions to generate changeout numbers. And that's, that's wearing thin for some guys. And some guys are running, the founders are, are running through their, their um uh, you know, their, their time with the company and they're about ready to, they're starting to leave now. We're seeing a few of them that have gone out. Now, what are they going to do? My guess is um, as soon as they can figure out a way beyond or around their non-compete, they're going to start contracting companies yeah. and they're going to start yeah. well-financed contracting companies. Yeah. And their best techs that, were, that stayed on are going to leave because they don't like the, the, the pressure to sell, sell, sell. Yeah. So, so, you know, we're going to see a... a a little bit different industry emerge out of this, but for the next three or four years, man, you better batten down the hatches and you better be, get good at service. And you better add additional products and services, and and you know you better um, be prepared to get out there and push your brand and yeah. and your company in your market area. And speaking of additional services, like where do you think the smart home innovation really comes in with this? Because not only is our economy changing, but the weather, everything that is impact. So say you have condensers outside, they're very heavy on the ground and the ground is, um, well, it's eroding, right? Like how often, like, and we have these giant condensers and these energy efficient systems, like where is it going to be in 20 years when it's all inside? Is my thought like where's the innovation? Where's the sustainability and awareness? And how do people invest in that? Well, a contractor's worried about the next twelve months if his horizon's that long, and you know, and if, if there's a if there's a problem with erosion, they'll just put on a bigger slab, right. you know, a bigger <laughs> totally pad. True. And but but the um, you know the the 
so, so the challenge in, in this for the contractor is, is to become familiar with things like connected home products, which he doesn't traditionally sell, and it's a little bit outside of their other other playing field, but it's a natural for contractors to add on because they're already in the home, they've got a relationship, they've got a service agreement. And, and you know, it's my belief that connected home products are going to be a good sell because people want them. People don't want to install them themselves. I don't think it's, they, they, want, they, they you know, most people that have money would prefer not to do the DIY approach. And, and so we've got products out there for contractors. And this is the other thing about it, is, is in a tough economy, that's an affordable luxury. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, so who does well in a tough economy? Starbucks. You know, Starbucks does well because it's an affordable luxury. So people are looking for affordable luxuries. There also, um, there's also a lot of safety and security concerns uh, these days. Yes. Um, you know, whether they're whether they're real or not, the perception is out there, and it has to do with the defund the police movement, with with various riots, with with you know things that are, you know, the no bail policies that that aren't that widespread but are widespread in the media. So, so people are, are nervous and scared, so they'll invest in security for their homes and their loved ones. So that's a, that goes right in hand with the connected home. You know, another, another area that we're looking at is because of our, um, our, our, our so-called energy policy that we have in this country, um, we, our grid is in trouble. And, and we are not replacing, um, we're, we're not replacing stable generation uh, with stable generation, we're going to a lot of intermittent generation, which is which is um, wind and solar, and you know, like this week, there's a lot of wind that died, and there's a lot of solar that doesn't work real well in the winter. So you you have places like Alberta where they're asking people not to charge their EVs, um, you know. So, so I, I, you know, don't use your space heater. Okay, well, uh, that's when you need it. And, yeah. And, you know, California has been going through this, right? After they passed their law banning gas vehicles in 2035, yeah. the, they, they, they had to ask people not to charge their EVs because they're worried about brownouts and blackouts. Yeah. So, so people are attuned to that, and, and it doesn't take much to go. You don't have to go through many of those before you start paying attention to it. And I think the generator market is going to be a really Generate. good market. <laughs> yes, I uh, yeah, I think everyone should get into the generator market just because it goes with all of the trades when you think about it, right? And the other one is also cross-trading. It's like if you're in the home, you're in the home. So you could set leads. And for me, for HVAC, when I think about it, because I came from the HVAC industry, the PPE requirements are not as in compliance as they should be if you look at pest control. And pest control is in the same place in the home that we are. And so it's very interesting to me. It's like we could all come together and have conversations that would make our industries just that much stronger with safety, security, compliance, um, sustainability efforts, and and like change the world if we really yeah. wanted to. And it, it, it's interesting to me is like, why wouldn't you go after the whole home? Why wouldn't you partner with roofing with with other contractors that yeah. you're seeing, you know, already opportunities in the home with? Yeah. Um, but I would think that cross trading, I know it's difficult because you have multiple partners, but like, mm-hmm. it makes sense to me. Does it make sense? Well, someone that's experienced. Just, just start with cross marketing and cross selling, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but 
but you know there, there's opportunities to do this with, with technicians so that they have they have multiple skill sets and they have uh, multiple opportunities for work and they have steadier year-round employment right. and if you approach it the right way and you and you bump pay accordingly right. um, then all that can work uh, you know I do not see us coming together uh, across industries, I don't see us coming together in our industry. We, exactly, we, I, that's what I'm saying. I know, I know, I know. You know, you <laughs> but, know this this is an individual contractor, uh, individual contractor decision for his company. Yeah, uh, right. He, you know, hers. no nobody's going to change the industry. Nobody's going to change the reality. But you can change your reality, right. and you can change your market, and you can change your business. Right. And and we've seen companies do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love the thought of adding products and services where it makes sense um, like the connected home like some type of you know the, the, the new uh, like different monitoring type uh, services like you said that going to go towards just the peace of mind that a consumer will have knowing that it's being monitored or it's being watched or you know it's it's taken care of and they'll be alerted if something something you know goes awry and um I will say I am one of the homeowners that failed to DIY my smart thermostat. <laughs> so I got I got the Ecobee and I tried to install it myself and it did not go well. I did the same thing. I couldn't find the C wire, and then I yeah. called my friend who was a technician and he came in. He was like, "It's bu- it's there," and I was like, "Oh." I was walking through the instructions. They have a really good like step by step on how to do it. Yeah. So like I took the old thermostat off. I wired the new one. And they were like, if you don't have this wire, you need to go up to your furnace and, like, put the controller on the, the C yes. wire. And then I got there, and it was like, it was like, do you see a red wire? And I hit no. And then it, like, popped up, and it was like, call a heating and air company. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eric, can, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. What do you do for contractors? But what's, what's your business service that you provide? Digital marketing and, and website design and development. Do you think contractors should do that on their own? Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think there's areas where they can, you know, be savvy and, and help the efforts. But I think, yeah, the just the nitty gritty of SEO and, and digital advertising, they, they have bigger fish to fry. So, so what makes you think that you should do contracting on your own? Why not just give the guy a call, pay him a couple hundred bucks or yeah. whatever it is, and, it, and no, you're, you're, right. you're, you're right. done and you're happy. I think you always yeah. want to put yourself in their shoes, right? But yeah. then you're like, you know what, your shoes should be left on your feet um, when it comes to this. And I 100% agree with you. It's like... Yeah. Why are we, it's, it's even when bit with business, why aren't we automating more, delegating the tasks that need mm-hmm. to be delegated that are not associated to what we should be doing? You, you aren't making money when you're holding a screwdriver. You're making money when you're doing this. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you're at a computer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so you'd also mentioned on the post um, that it does look like, you know, if you said next two, three years are going to be, um, you know, just, just rough seas. Could be. Um, you'd mentioned that you, you you believe that after that, you know, based on the the historical data, that we're going to see a nice you know ten year run. We will have a ten year run each year better than the year before. Oh, yeah, it's exciting. baked. It's baked into the numbers. Yeah. You know, and and I, I mean, and you know, we look at the contraction that we had this year, and we look at new construction because the AHRI numbers include everything, but new construction housing starts were only down five percent. Yeah. So. You know, and, and they made a, a big comeback the latter half of the year. So that means the replacement market's even worse off than than what yeah. the numbers show. So, you know, it's it's the thing a contractor deals with more seasonality in a year um, than than any recession we've ever had. Right. Yeah. right? Yeah. And and even this contraction that we're we're looking at, 
guys can adjust. They can handle it. Um, they just got to get out there and, and take business away from their competitors who are scared and who are turning turtle and who are disappearing from the marketplace. And, and you know, as um, private equity stumbles, and, and not everybody's going to stumble. Some of them are going to do really well, but some of them are going to stumble. Uh, there's going to be opportunities to pick up their technicians. There's going to be opportunities to, to yeah. take their customers. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, there's yeah, a, yeah. there's, for a good aggressive contractor, this is a great time. Yeah, I would say that there's more opportunity on the table than, you know, the negative. The negative is fear. And so if we allow fear in, then we allow fear in. What we allow, we allow. Yeah. So. They, they always say the, the best time to buy is when there's blood in the streets. And uh, I, I think now, like, I, I personally, I'm excited for a, like a, a recession or a downturn or anything that they might, you know, they might be forecasting just because I know the contractors that are smart and that are, you know, aggressive are going to seize that opportunity when their competitors and the private equity firms all pull back on marketing and advertising and branding and training to save, you know, money here and there. There's going to be so much opportunity to pick up market share and also, you know, team members as well. Well, you know, the the, the aggressive contractors will grow through it. They'll grow yeah. through the downturn. Yeah. I, you know, I, there was a, a point in my career where I went to the commercial end of the business, and it was high, it was high rise, plan and spec, design build, mostly plan and spec, and and right when I did it with impeccable timing, the the high rise construction market tumbled over thirty four percent over the next two years, and and we didn't accept that. So, yeah. so we killed ourselves, we worked hard, we worked a lot of hours, but we ended up um, growing our business modestly. It was, it was single digit growth every year. Yeah. But what we ended up doing is we took 9.9 .9 full points of market share from our competitor and we yeah. passed them to become the world leader. Yeah. So, so it was great positioning for the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's awesome. Um, so what's, uh, I mean, contractors that are listening to this, even if, you know, it's internal marketing team, ops manager, owner, operator, um, you know, what, what should they, like, if they're listening to this right now and they're like, okay, Matt, what's, what's my best next step? What does that look like? Well, um, let, let's, let's go back to, to fundamentals, right? Um, if they're driving white trucks, wrap the, wrap the dark gum trucks, you know, <laughs> Do not drive around in white trucks, and that's your best branding opportunity right there. And yeah. and your exposures are, are at least, according to the Outdoor Advertising Agency of America, your association, you're at least thirty thousand exposures for every truck that you've got. Wow! Right, and and if it's in a metro area, it could be higher than that. So so create those impressions, build that brand, and more than likely, if if you have any any size or volume of trucks in your market, you will probably have better brand awareness in the products you sell. Okay, so people will go with what's familiar. You can become the familiar brand. Um, I think it's a, you know it's a lot of of, of just not accepting, uh, not accepting the downturn, not accepting yeah. failure. Yeah. Um, you know, be aggressive. Go out and and and, and get the business. Um, go constantly recruit people. Recruiting, you know, a, a business owner should spend about 30% of his time either recruiting or working on products to help recruiting. I mean, if they don't have a recruiting brochure, they're not serious about it. If they don't have a technician lounge to help with recruit with recruiting people, yeah. they're not they're not serious about it. Yeah. Um, and you can only grow to the ability your ability to put butts in trucks. So so that's part of it. You've got to have a marketing program for for um, hiring new employees. 
and and you got to have a training program and training's like like bathing right it wears off that's why you should do it frequently yeah yeah absolutely Um, those are great those are great points i mean that's those are the opportunities that you should be at the end of your speech should be like this is what you're gonna do right you know it's not it's simple stuff i mean it's it's you know, it's, it's as simple as, as um, you know, we go back to the days of Ron Smith when he started policing and waxing and policing condensing units. And people would go out and look at the condensing unit, and they don't know, they can't judge the, the quality of the work the technician performed, but they can judge how the product appears after the technician left, Yeah. right? And, and so they make judgments based on that. So there is a, a, a whole lot of work done by the Center for Retailing Studies at Texas A&M where, where they they looked at, at intangibles. So when you're look, judging a service, you look for intangible clues to yeah. evaluate it because the only way to evaluate a service is to consume it. So yeah. they'll look at the quality of the truck. They'll look at how neat and well-groomed the technician is. Um, and in Service Nation's biannual um, survey of, of, of uh, consumers that have purchased or customers of theirs, um, or their contractors, poor grooming comes up number one every time <laughs> As the as the most common concern of technicians, yeah. or not technicians, but homeowners. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, hey. so perception is reality. Some contractors yeah. have barber chairs in their shops, and they've got retired um, barbers to come in one day a week, and they cut hair for free. Nice. I mean, it, it's a, it's a benefit, and it just it helps with your appearance. Yeah. 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 It's that's that's definitely true. I mean, I think like you're. I don't remember where I heard this from, but they were. It was, it was some type of sales training, and they were like, you need to, like, at least dress to a level that, you know, indicates that you can afford the service that you're selling. It's very similar to this. Like, if someone shows up looking like a ragamuffin, I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, he's going to make the problem worse. Like, this, this is going to be so bad. They don't they probably don't know what they're doing. Um, so I, I think that's, yeah, I think. You know, we, we have a great industry. I mean, people are happy when we show up because yeah. they got a problem, and they can't fix it on their own, and we can. Yeah. And they're happy when we leave because their home is now warm or cool. Yeah. Mm. We delivered remarkable service, and so why not it, we, they experience it through the entire journey. Yeah. And charge for it. Charge, <laughs> for it. charge what you need to charge, know your numbers, um, pay attention to your numbers, know your KPIs, develop them if you don't have them. And, and, and if, if you're charging enough, then you'll have the money to be able to invest in marketing, to be able to invest in training in your people. Yeah. Um, in everything that you're doing, in customer service, so that when you do have a problem and, and a job goes wrong, uh, you don't have to grudgingly give money back. It's already set aside. You've got a you've got a, yeah. an account for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, all right, Matt. We really appreciate you yeah. being our first guest at AHR Expo, and uh, just thank you so much for all of your knowledge. Really, really appreciate you. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. So, Thanks, Matt. Thank you. And that wraps up another episode of the Trademark where we bridge the worlds of the trades and marketing one story at a time. We can't wait to see you next time. Thank you to the trades for giving back big, loving big, and taking massive action. Don't forget to join us next time for more engaging conversations and innovative ideas. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and share it with your colleagues and friends in the trades and marketing. Your support means the world to us. Stay connected with us off the air by following us on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts and get your feedback. Until next time, keep making your mark in the trades. Thank you for listening to The Trademark. Goodbye for now. And remember, we're with the trades for the trades.